This is a Gulf Stories moment made possible by the University of West Florida Innovation Institute. Hello again, everyone. From the University of West Florida's Innovation Institute, I'm Christian Garman. Time now for another Gulf Stories moment. And my guest today, Dr. Jane Caffrey, professor from the Center for Environmental Diagnostics and Bioremediation and the Department of Biology. Today we're talking about how we end up with harmful algal blooms. Dr. Caffrey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you. Good to have you on our show. So firstly, what is a harmful algal bloom? What are we even talking about here? So... uh just to back up a minute, uh, algal bloom, uh, when we talk about algae, we're normally talking about uh, phytoplankton. Those are single-celled algae that float around in the water. Um, and you can have, a, when you have a lot of them, when they build up, that's an algal bloom. And then if they are doing something that we don't really like, mm -hmm. that's what makes it harmful. So there's a couple different ways it could be harmful. Okay, so an algal bloom isn't necessarily harmful. It's once they start doing things we don't like. Right. What might what what would that be? What is something they do we don't like? Usually, the most common thing is to produce some sort of toxin, and um, there are a variety of uh, different kinds of toxins. Different algal species produce different toxins. Many of them are extremely toxic, um, and there are no antidotes for them. So if you're exposed, if people are exposed, or their pets, or marine mammals, or fish, uh, that can cause a lot of serious problems. So what you're describing, the thing that comes to mind, and forgive me if, if this isn't right, but it sounds like you're describing something like red tide that we hear about. Exactly. So red tide is one example of a harmful algal bloom. Another, another example are um, cyanobacteria blooms. And so a lot of the concern that's been happening resulting from the uh, water coming out of Lake Okeechobee and, and the you know, high, high nutrient water and cyanobacteria blooms, um, that, those, uh, there are a lot of toxins associated with those as well. Something that's always intrigued me about red tide is, you know, it seems like every three, four, five years or so, you'll start to hear that it's, you know, it's a red tide year, it's happening, you'll see these really sad pictures of animals dying. And then a few months later, it seems to be over. What, what makes it end? Well, to go back, let's talk about what makes it start. Okay. <laughs> so algal blooms, um, you know, are, you know they're, they're plants, and so plants need light. They also need nutrients. And so the phytoplankton, the algae, single-celled algae, they're living at the surface of the water. So normally they have pretty good amounts of light. Sometimes, um, you know, you have higher amounts of light, and that's good for them. But usually what really makes them bloom are nutrients, so nitrogen and phosphorus. Particularly in the marine environment, it's often nitrogen is really key for triggering the blooms. And sometimes it's the kind of nitrogen. Sometimes it's, you know, there's nitrogen in different forms, nitrate versus ammonium, and, and sometimes that can trigger the kind of bloom it is. So the, there, these algae may be present in the water, but not at very high concentrations. And then all of a sudden, there's, there's sort of like a triggering mechanism. There's something that makes it absolutely perfect for that species. So the classic example you talked about, red tides, in our area, uh, Karenia brevis is the red tide uh, al algae, and it's a, it's a dinoflagellate, and um, it, it very often will, will have a bloom um, off of kind of southwest Florida every year. Sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's not so bad. It's been really terrible recently, um, you know, in, in uh, you know, 2018. Um, and now we're even we're even starting to see it see it come up here. The last time we had a big uh, 
uh, Karenia bloom up here was in the fall of 2015. We had we had a pretty big bloom that was in the Panhandle, and it, it w- extended all the way over into um, into Mississippi. So, you know, they can they can kind of start as a result of nutrient inputs, and then often um, they run out of nutrients. So it's like you feed your plants, you do really, and then you stop feeding them. Well, they're going to die. Got it. So. Well, that's the same thing that, that can happen with the red tide organisms. Sometimes other things like uh, viruses or other, other factors can also lead to um, the ending of blooms. To their demise, Dr. Jane Caffrey, thank you so much. Very interesting stuff. Appreciate your time, man. For more golf stories, visit uwf.edu slash golf stories.